You know, the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great. But the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on red, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have an amazing woman on the show who I've known for over 10 years and is married to one of the most amazing men who have ever strolled the face of this earth. We have Mindy Kniss on the show. She is owner of Lucra and she's going to talk to us about meeting her husband and what attracted her to her husband. And she's also going to talk to us about how to refine passion for yourself in your dating life. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. You are at the best show on the internet ever. So congratulations. <laughs> it's your host, Kristen Carney. Good choice. Of course, with Marnie Kinris, the other host of the best show ever. And today, our guest is Mindy Kniss, who is owner of Lucra and CEO, etc., who is going to tell us all about some like very personal stuff that Marnie's going to ask her all about. But it's all about attraction and all that good stuff that we want to hear. So hey, Mindy, thanks for hanging with us today. Thanks so much for having me, you too. Yeah. So yeah, Marnie's going to jump in for me, obviously. Over. Okay. So yeah. I'm so excited to have Mindy on. Well, before I dive into who she is to me, I want you to hear who she is to the world. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Lucra and all of the things that you're involved in? Because it's not just Lucra. I know you do a million other things, but tell people who you are and what you do. So to put it very easily, I'm a coach. I left corporate America in 2007 and I wanted to seek out my purpose, my destiny, you know, something more fulfilling than working in a cubicle. So I had some big, big financial challenges in that because although I was super excited about the coaching bit, didn't know a lot about the business bit. So had to 
figure that out. Had some major setbacks, major challenges in that department. And finally, figured that out over the years. And now I have a thriving practice, which is just absolutely delightful. And really everything else falls within that. So I've got books, courses, programs, retreats, etc., all under that umbrella. And what do you coach people on? So mostly I coach people on figuring out what they're here to do and then trusting that inner guidance. I was thinking it was going to be football. <laughs> you look like a football coach to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm so desperate for sports right now. My inner like tomboy is coming out because there's no sports. Right. You're like everybody <laughs> has a football head on them or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so that's very interesting. You're helping people figure out their purpose, which I think is absolutely amazing. You just completed a... How many people were on it? I forget. But a huge summit with like huge names in the internet marketing and self-help world, I guess. That's how I would label it. Is that correct? Yeah. We had speakers. We had business people. We had marketers. We had all kinds of people that was focused on helping people get their message out into the world. Those that want to be professional speakers or as far as I'm concerned, we all need to be pro speakers these days because we're either speaking on podcasts we're speaking to clients, we're speaking to groups or audiences, whomever. So we all need those skills. I love that. Well, so I, now I'm going to tell you who Mindy Kniss is to me. So, oh God, I'm going to get emotional for a second. Football but coach. A football Martin coach. Football. My football coach from high school. <laughs> but Mindy is married to one of my dear friends, Sean Stevenson, who passed away last year. Yeah. And I was saying before, Sean, and I've talked about Sean many times on the podcast. I've talked about him on my blog, like everywhere. I think I I have a YouTube video with one of his tools, which is the egg timer tool that he told me like 12 years ago. But he is and was and will be forever one of the cockiest, most confident (laughs) men that I've ever met. He was three feet tall, in a wheelchair, had brittle bone disease, and he just lit up a room whenever he rode into it. I don't even know what else to say about him, but he was just absolutely amazing. And I had the pleasure of being introduced to Mindy 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. I think the first time I met you was when you guys came to stay at my apartment. Is that right? And I think this is like when Sean... A good story in that one. I don't know how much I can share of that, but that was... Anything you want to share, Mommy. Yeah, that was, I think, the first time that Sean ever smoked pot and we had an amazing (laughs) night with each other and we had a blast. And this was when he was just exploring, just doing new things out of being with his family and being independent and falling in love at the same time. And so we instantly had and will continue to have a bond. And that's how I feel on my side. But I'm so happy to have you here because I want to talk about you and Sean. And because for other people looking from the outside, they may not understand that relationship. That would be the skeptical side of many people. But I got to see the inside of your relationship. And I will say it is one for the books that I would say most people should be jealous of because you guys had the most amazing bond in the entire world. So I wanted to talk to you about dating somebody who is in a wheelchair, somebody who can't do many things on their own. And I'd love to just hear your story about you and Sean and what attracted you to him. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest attractions I would say for any man is when they are confident and when they are funny. And Marty, you know, Sean wasn't just funny. He was hilarious. I mean, he was he was a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. he would I mean, do... he laughed at himself more than I laughed yeah. at him. But yes, absolutely. He would do 
anything for a laugh. So that is very attractive in anybody, regardless of what their physical container looks like. And for me, you know, and this is even who I was previous to Sean. So it wasn't like Sean just showed up and I was like, oh, it's going to be you. I am way more concerned and always have been with what's going on internally. I'm interested in deep conversations. I'm interested in people that can make me laugh. I'm interested in similar world views, those kinds of things. So with Sean, it started as just friends. Really, I didn't even like him very much the first time that we met. Really? (laughs) Really, because I thought he was kind of a cocky asshole, quite honestly. (laughs) And I'm not into that. That doesn't do anything for me. But because we were living in different states at the time, we really just developed a friendship over Skype back in the day. Right. Texting phone calls, etc. And it started out as just a really solid friendship. And here's something that was very interesting to me. In the very beginning, as we started dating, as we were getting together, I was able to really segment my friends into people that got it and people that don't get it. And I'll give you an example of that one woman that I knew. She said to me, oh, Mindy, it's so great that you can look past Sean's disability and be attracted to him or, you know, want to be with him. And my thing was, I'm not looking past anything. It is not like a surprise to me, like, oh, here's this amazing guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, but what? He has a disability? It's so amazing because the majority of people, I can barely look past a zit. And it's not that you're (laughs) looking past anything, but so many people are stuck in the physical. And so, I mean, we'll get to this, but I want to ask how you get to this higher level of just existing where you're not focused on things the way that someone maybe like me might be. Maybe not me. (laughs) I'm an amazing person. Right. But anyway, anyway. (laughs) but continue. (laughs) It's really about what you find the most valuable, what you find important. And some people find things like outward appearance very important. And that's cool. Like it's all good. It's not a negative based on whatever somebody else thinks. But for me, it's just not ever, ever been a huge... I mean, I said to you two, as soon as we started, I'm like, look, I'm happy this is a podcast because I'm not wearing makeup. Right. I didn't get dressed up for y'all. Like It just has never been a high priority for me. And again, not to say that it's negative, but it's just not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in depth. I'm interested in the spirit. I'm interested in boatloads of other things that would come in priority before external appearance. And that being said, I think Sean was adorable. So that was a whole different thing. And everybody has different tastes. But again, that just really helped me recognize in my friends, people that understood or people that were still based in that surface level. And I'm like, look, you don't get it. And really, those people are not my friends anymore. Interesting. Well, so when and what did you actually change your view on Sean? Yeah, like from the arrogant stuff, because that's, no, that's something yeah, that we'll look what, past. What changed? Because I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't think that he would drop that arrogant side of him. But what, yeah, what changed for you? For you to suddenly say, oh, okay, now he's attractive. Now I'm into him that way. Yeah, I saw his true heart is really what it came down to. He was playing the like cocky comedy thing. And to me, I'm like, look, I'm not into the whatever, the games or the things or 
tactics or whatever. That just didn't do anything for me. And I'll give you a story about when I was like, okay, this guy's amazing. A friend of mine who was like a pseudo client, she was in my office bawling, just having a time. And she had gotten to know Sean online just because of me. And she was like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe that somebody like that could be so positive, so confident, so whatever. And here am I, I'm in this mess. And I thought, do you want to talk to him about that? You know, we could just call him right now. And we did. We got him on Skype. Sean ended up spending probably, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour with her, just taking his own time, which he did not need to do. He didn't even know this person, (laughs) but he was essentially doing it because she was my friend and my client. And I just remember watching her in conversation with him. And she, of course, was just melting. People melt around him. I mean, these women, we would go to dinner with some of his women clients and they'd be like, oh, Oh, yeah. I mean, just... Oh, yeah, I know. I remember that's exactly how I was the first time that I met him. I remember at the conference, we were at at the David D'Angelo conference and I forget, he's like said something so cocky to me. I forget what it was. And then that's how we started talking and joking around. And then I remember sitting the same way, like my head tilted and just listening to him speak. It's the exact, I know that look. Yeah. So she had that look and I'm watching this take place and I'm thinking, okay, he is just giving of himself on my behalf right now. And he's radically like helping her change her life. Maybe I should pay a little more attention to what this guy is all about. And it it was truly when he dropped all the stuff Stuff. and was just authentic, just himself. And as you know, Marnie, he had one of the biggest hearts ever. And that is, of course, very attractive. So amazing. And so then what happened afterwards? Did you tell him, okay, now I want to date you? (laughs) No, it was actually a cute story because I was in Portland, Oregon, and Sean was in Chicago. And after a few months of this back and forth all online, he was like, I really like what's happening here. I think you should come visit again. And we both had said, okay, no pressure. You know, if nothing happens, it's cool, whatever. But he had gotten a hotel room that was right near his office for a couple nights. And I went to stay with him at that hotel. And here's the cutest part. At one point in time, because as you know, Sean didn't walk. So I think he was sitting on the bed or or wherever he was. And he was asking if I could get something from his bag, his overnight bag. And so I look in his bag and he had packed a deck of Uno cards. And I was like, why do you have Uno? Like, what? I love that. (laughs) And he was like, well, I didn't want there to be any pressure. If nothing happened and we needed to play Uno, I wanted to be prepared. I'm like, that is adorable. (laughs) That is. That is adorable. I love it. Let's just say the Uno never got opened even. The pack stayed sealed. (laughs) Hi. That so is amazing. Very quickly. I mean, we were already in our 30s when this all yeah. started. And both of us pretty much were like, this is awesome. We want to figure out what's happening. So pretty quickly, a few months later, I ended up moving back to Chicago, which I swore I would never do. I would never move for a man. I'm never even going to get married. That was my story back then. That's crazy. I apparently was crazy because I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. But I did move back to Chicago. And then pretty quickly, I was like, you know, there are other cities that we could move to that likely would be better if you're in a wheelchair, you know, places that don't snow, don't have ice. I mean, Chicago is disgusting in the winter. Sean's question was, well, how could I move? 
I'm like, you pick out where you want to go, you pack up your stuff, and you go. (laughs) It's not difficult, but totally mind-blowing to him. He was living with his parents up until that point and not really considered moving anywhere else. So like I said, soon after that, we moved to Arizona and lived there up until last year. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you now? I'm in Arizona, just a different city. Okay, gotcha. Well, so I remember Sean had told me this was actually before even meeting you. I think I did an interview with him. I forget what it was for. But anyway, but he had told me about his uh, date protocol so that he could figure out if girls were okay with him, right? With his life and what the life would look like that they together would have to live. So I want to know if he did any of this stuff with you to sort of push you because... Do I, I don't know if you want me to say the protocol, but or you could say it, but like he would always say, I would have my first date. They would have to come get me in the wheelchair. They'd have to put my wheelchair into their car. They'd have to lift me up, like do everything that our lives would look like together. And some girls were like, no, I can't do this. And some girls were like, okay, I can totally do this. Did that happen for you as well? It did, but let me tell you his real protocol. <gasps> oh, okay. Prior to me, He only had really two criteria, hot and fun, Mm -hmm. both of which I don't consider myself. (laughs) You are. You nailed it. Not in the way that he was looking for it. And you can guess what I mean by that. Like, let me tell you what happened, Marnie, you will love this. When I met some of his friends that had known him, I mean, you thankfully are not included in this because you were lovely when I met you. Some of his other friends, when I met them, were kind of like just arms crossed, cross their chest, not having it. And I'm like, these people are assholes. What is going on here? And as time went on, they were like, Mindy, you don't understand. We met some of his previous choices. And let's just say the quality was a little bit different. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And I met a couple of his previous choices too. So I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think everybody was probably just protective, right? Very much so. And for good reason, because apparently hot and fun were not great criteria. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I want to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about you and teaching people about finding their passion. I know that we've talked about this a lot recently on our podcast, but it's always great to hear those things again, because I think that you're going to have a a unique spin on it. So we'll be back soon. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You may not be at a game this year, 
but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back with Mindy Kniss, CEO of Lucra. And I want to talk about what you do. I've loved everything that you've shared about Sean, but now this is the Mindy portion. I want to talk about Mindy Kniss, not Mindy Stevenson. And I want to hear about finding your own passion and then some tips that we can give to the listeners to help them find their passion in the dating space. Because I think for a lot of people now, especially with so much online, because nobody can get out or not getting out as much. And there's so many limitations that a lot of the passion and excitement for dating has gone away. So I would love to hear what you have to say about that. But let's talk about you and your passion first. Yeah. you know, I've really created my whole business around the things that I love to do. So my joke when people come to my retreat is I'm like, look, I am delighted that you are here with me. But quite honestly, I would be doing this anyway. We go hiking. What my main focus is, is teaching about the intelligence of the heart. So I bring all the science of neurocardiology to the table to say, this is not just some woo-woo, ya-ya, like soft little thing. This is actually your power center, the source of your courage. So within that, I actually show people how intuition is sourced from the heart, but they have to be able to be chill enough to listen or to understand those messages. So really, that's where it starts is getting to know yourself best, getting to understand kind of where your power comes from, how to go underneath all of the fears, doubts, insecurities, frustrations that are in your head. Because that's just, we all have that. We always all will have that. We need to learn how to navigate underneath that. And then from that point, it just becomes fun because it's like, okay, well, what brings me joy? It brings me joy to go hiking. So I created a retreat that that's what we do. <laughs> you know, I love that. I want to create like a sleep retreat. You should I do that. I love sleeping. I, do I really should. Oh my God, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> like a sleepover retreat, just literally sleep. Yeah. And you yeah. can take naps. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yes. See, there you go. Know. You just found your joy and your future. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I want to say something really quickly about the heart thing. You always hear, I love you with all my heart. And you know, you do things from the heart, things like that. And I've always grasped it because I do feel like I have a heart. Obvious. Well, not obviously. Sometimes, somewhere. And not until about year and a half ago when my dog passed away, did I really actually understand the physicality of heart and heartache? It was the weirdest feeling and it really kind of brought me into my body or my soul or heart or whatever. Well, not body. But when my dog was sick and my dog passed away, I kept saying, my heart physically hurts. Yeah. So Kristen, I think for you, I was saying your dog is probably such a beautiful blessing to you because along this path, this life journey that we're all on, we at some point in time, I mean, the goal is to integrate ourselves. So there's 
body, there's mind, there's spirit. And a lot of people, myself included, for sure, this is why I do this work, we have to reintegrate with our body. Like we have to get back into ourselves. And your dog passing and you having that experience reignited like your body and you had to pay attention to it. You, you were forced because of the emotional connection. And while that is painful, I think it's also a good thing. Definitely. So how do we figure out what's going on in our heart? Like how do you quiet all the rest of that noise to figure out... Actually, even the question that you just asked, like what brings you joy? I feel like that gives you a really good response. It's a quicker way to, to get through all of that BS and just say, okay, well, what brings me joy? Okay, I can list those things very easily. But is it real true joy? Like, is it in the core joy? You know, not just like, oh, I like going shopping with my friends or I like looking at, I don't know, magazines or something, you know, like you want to get in touch with like the true, true joy. Well, that too is a journey because if you're not familiar with what you're calling like the core joy or the true joy, which Marnie, to your point is exactly right. Like the heart is the source of that or the center of joy for us. But it's a journey to get to that preference point. Sometimes it has to start with, okay, what do I want to do right now? Maybe look at a magazine that might feel better than doing a writing exercise. Okay, well, choose the magazine. What's going to bring you joy? Even with those simplistic little choices, it's like, if you can narrow it down to two, which one feels better and then choose that one. That's the way to work your way toward that deeper core depth. Once you get used to that, and it's truly about what what it's called scientifically is coherence. So when the body is in coherence, the heart is able to send messages and receive messages from the other organs and up to the brain, down from the brain, etc. It's it's essentially like a control center. So when you're in coherence, and you can only be in coherence when you're chill. (laughs) You've got stress. (laughs) So never. I wouldn't say that. I hope you don't say that because really cortisol is a stress hormone that causes a lot of problems for many people like belly fat is a cortisol issue. It's not about working out. It's not about what you're eating. Of course, those things play into it. But if you don't handle your stress levels, like that's not going to change. So what happens when you're in coherence, the body just feels better physically, runs better physiologically biologically, it's better off. And then that allows you, like I was saying, to drop underneath all those fears, doubts, insecurities and come from a place of joy, love, peace, all of that more profound, deeper stuff. Which is amazing. So let's talk to the guys who are listening to this show because as I said before, they may have lost some passion in their dating lives, either because the dating world and spectrum, I guess, playing field has changed they're using online and they're becoming extremely frustrated and therefore they're going on and using it from a very frustrated place. So how do guys find joy in dating and how do they refine joy in dating activities like online dating or things that are causing them frustration right now? Because their joy would be, I would want to be with somebody, but the means to get to be with somebody is frustrating. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, the joy has to come from internally. So the joy cannot come from, I mean, at least the greatest source of joy can't be from outside. So it can't be even from another person or that search for another person. The joy has to come from within. And the way to develop that is to work on yourself, to develop your own self-confidence, to develop yourself even physically. I mean, Sean is a great example of this because even though he didn't walk, 
He was in a wheelchair. He was three feet tall. That guy worked out all the time and was very fit for his container. So even things like that, and that helps boost all of those joy hormones up as well. So that is the key is like that has to come from inside and the piece, and this is the harder part. The harder part is attempting to remain unattached. I truly believe that the reason that the timing and Sean all worked out is because I wasn't set on that. I wasn't like longing after that. I wasn't yearning for that. I was just coming from a place of working on myself. And at that time, very much focused on my business, trying to get that off the ground and working. That like relationships, I was like, what? I'm not even interested in that. But that was the perfect position for me to be in because I wasn't coming from a place of scarcity. I wasn't coming from a place of neediness. And let me say this to the men listening. If there's one thing that I would recommend you work on to be more attractive to women, it is eliminating neediness from yourself. Because that energetically is just so much of a turnoff. And if you can just come from, hey, I'll tell you what Sean did. He was basically like, look, I think you're pretty cool. But I also know I'm really cool. So mm-hmm. like, if this doesn't work, that's cool. <laughs> and I was this right. Way. Everybody's happy. I love that. Everybody is happy. There is no attachment. There is no codependency. There's no neediness. It was just so clean. And that to me is like the biggest thing that men can do something about within themselves. It's developing themselves and just being like, hey, like, yeah, you're pretty rad, but I'm even not more. I I know how rad I am. So if you don't see that, sorry for you, you know? Yeah. Can we give people like three actionable steps they can do to eliminate that neediness? Because I think for some guys, they're like, I am kind of needy or maybe I'm not needy, but it just doesn't work for me. Like what I keep doing doesn't work and I keep getting knocked down. So what, what does it mean to actually like eliminate this neediness and how do you take the steps to do that? Yeah. One of the things, and this has come up when I was actually speaking to a group of men at, I think you know, Marnie, Alex Allman's group. I was speaking and they kept talking about putting women on this pedestal. And I was like, okay, stop that. Because any woman who is worth it, one, isn't going to want to be on a pedestal. She wants to be your partner. She wants to be your equal. She wants to have a true partnership. So that's one thing is like, stop elevating women to this weird perfectionistic thing because first of all, they're not perfect. (laughs) Like none of us are. And it just isn't helpful because then essentially you're like downgrading yourself, which you want to upgrade yourself and then meet the woman there where you're both like, hey, we're awesome. And we're both on pedestals. We can be awesome together. How how fun is that? So that's one thing is like ditch the whole pedestal idea. Another thing is to get crystal clear about what it actually is that you're looking for. So Sean and I kind of both did this, not exactly in the same way, but pretty darn close, even before we had met. We had lists of various things. And here's a couple of the lists for your listeners. One is a deal breaker. Like if this person is this, for me, a deal breaker would be somebody who smokes, not having it, like not even interested at all. That's a deal breaker. So you could list out whatever your deal breakers are. And then there's the things that, quote, would be nice. 
So for me, it would have been nice if the guy had been a chef. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> because I like to eat. Right. <laughs> would have been great. He created this comedy called The Three Foot Chef, which was not the same thing at all. Right. <laughs> but that's just an, an example. Or I would have loved to date a guy that had an accent, you know, if he was from Europe or somewhere like that would have been great. Now, on Sean's list, his would be nice was what did he call it? Like a, a feisty Latina. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm so white. It's right. Like that, you know, <laughs> but those weren't deal breakers. So we were able to look through those things of like, whatever, you know, if it works out cool, but doesn't really matter and focus on the deal breakers, make sure none of those were present. Once you get those lists down, then when the quote right person comes in, or at least the right person for now, you're able to recognize them because you know what you're looking for and you can compare it to your list. So I found that really, really helpful. Okay. So question, when do you present the list and the things that you think are required for you and what's great about you? Like, how do you, and when do you say, I'm pretty awesome. You're pretty awesome. We could be awesome together. Do you do it right when you're first talking to somebody? Do you do it weeks after you've kind of gotten to know them? When do you do this stuff and how? Well, the list, you should do it right now because it's for you. Right. That's true. That's true. I'm curious about how you to present anybody else it. Saying, like, here, um, you're not uh, these four things. No, yeah, no, no, no. No, I know. But more so the like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Like you said, like, be clear. Well, actually, I was re- interpreting that as you saying, this is what I'm looking for. You know, not in the list form, but just like, here's what I'm looking for, whether that's children or someone who really wants to get deep in a relationship or whatever that thing is. When do you present that? And when do you present the, like, listen, it's cool if you aren't into me because I'm into me. When do you have the confidence to say that? Do you have it right out of the gate or do you have it a few weeks later? I think it starts before you even meet that person because that, that list is for yourself to be able to recognize them or to be able to like put a big X through that person and move on to the next. Let's say I met somebody and they seemed awesome at first. And then I found out that they were a smoker. Well, then they're out. I would be like, cool, like great to meet you. This is not what I'm looking for. But when you're going in the process, the confidence has to come first. The confidence doesn't just show up magically when the right person comes in, you have to have done that work already. Yeah. And the statement of I'm great, you're great, we can be great together, it comes through every interaction that you have. So like what Mindy was talking about when she was saying to eliminate that belief system that somebody's on a pedestal, that's where it comes into play because it's a mindset shift where you can't look at dating as, I hope this great girl picks me. I hope this gorgeous girl pays attention to me. It's I'm going to pay attention to her. I'm going to give my goods and see what she gives back to me and see if we click. Yeah. So it's about, yeah. And these are the bigger picture ideas, which I totally grasp and understand. But as someone who gets fixated on details and logistics of things, I personally get very screwed up in the idea of presenting. I want to date someone that eventually wants children. When do I tell them that? So it's more the nitty gritty question that I'm curious about or timing that I'm curious about. Well, here's the thing. If it's the right person for you, it will be the right time. Because let's say 
on anybody else's scale, you would have presented that, say, quote, too early. Well, if it's too early for that other person, then they're probably not the right person. Right, right. If you're worried about scaring someone away, then that's kind of a sign that... And I don't even know if I really necessarily want children. I kind of go in back and forth. That was just kind of a broad example. But I completely love exactly what you just said. Yeah. We had Trip Advice on this show and he was talking about his non-negotiables as well. And he he was talking about timing of when he shared that information. I think that because a lot of people do online dating now, there's a ton listed in that profile that you can sort of weed through to figure out where they are in their lives and what their goals are. Some people say they're family-oriented. Some people say they have kids already. Some people will be very clear and say like not looking for a relationship or only looking for a relationship. So a lot of online dating does that sorting out for you. But I I think that if you are in a position where you do want to have children or anybody who's listening to the show wants to have children on a first date or even in the first couple of conversations, you could bring up family. You tell a story about a niece of yours. You tell a story about a friend of yours, kid who did the cutest thing in the entire world and see what their reaction is to that. And how you almost kidnapped. Right. That's where you can make those jokes because that's going to let that person right. know. And then if they're also on the same page, they could steer the conversation in that way. It's like your way of baby stepping into it so that it's not so overwhelming. Because I know it can be scary. But let's give one more actionable piece of advice for guys who want to eliminate this neediness. Because I love love the list for sure. I love the remembering to take people off of a pedestal. But how do guys get to that place of feeling so good about themselves because they have a full life if they don't actually have that going on? So what would be the actionable step for them to do to gain that belief. Yeah, I'll tell you what a very dear friend said to Sean. So this was during his hot and fun phase. And he would, you know, because he had such a big heart, there was this exterior of cocky confidence. But then he would get heartbroken all of these different times when these women were not what he really wanted. So a very close friend of his, a friend of mine, Susan Leahy. Maybe you know her, Marty. I don't know. She said to Sean, when are you going to stop chasing tail? And he was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm looking for a girlfriend and I really want a relationship. And she's like, no, look at who you're going after. And that got his attention because she would be in that category of hot and fun, but she was already engaged to somebody else. So like they were just friends. But he paid attention to that because it was her telling him, like, stop chasing the exterior image of what you think you want and figure out what you actually want. And then use your list to make sure that whenever somebody comes in, that's the right person. They coordinate with that list. And oh, by the way, you coordinate with their list. You want to know something funny that was on my list? What? Because I am less than five feet tall. It said on my list, five, eight, or less. Really? Really. So I Actually, get I would probably feet. give that same, although Jordan is so tall, but like that would have been my list before. Jordan is six foot four. Yeah, it's, it's like a foot taller. what's hilarious. Yeah. You have to be able to release all of the other crap that doesn't matter and really just focus on what does matter. You know, like what truly do you want? Yeah. And I love that. And that's the perfect place to end. And Kristen is back, but we're going to end the show now. But I want to thank Mindy for coming on the show and being so open about everything and sharing all of her experiences with us and then sharing her 
vast knowledge of a passion, which I think is just absolutely incredible and something that everybody should listen to. We've tried to drill this into your head a million times, but it is so important to come from a place of wanting something for yourself instead of trying to do things for others. And if you can just, every single time that you go to text a girl, write a girl, talk to a girl, if you can just remember that, even asking that question, what brings you joy is a great way in a short sentence to trigger it just to get you back into the headspace of doing things for you. I think all of your interactions and reactions to people are going to look a hell of a lot different. So thank you, Mindy, for being on the show. Do you want to tell people about Lucra and where they can find out more information about you? I would love to. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been awesome being here with you both. So lucra.com is essentially the universe that I've got going on right now. And everything I have is there. So I would love to hear from any of your listeners and let me know that you heard me here. Perfect. And I'm going to include that link in the show notes. So hopefully people go out and go on hikes with Mindy. And now Sleeping with Kristen is available. So you can also go to her website (laughs) and do that seminar. (laughs) It's a well-rounded service. Sleeping could mean whatever you want it to mean. Look what you're advertising. You're getting a lot of (laughs) from this this advertisement right now. Oh, I am. But as you guys know, Mindy said at the beginning of the show, what attracted you was humor and confidence. Humor so huge. I teach guys how to be funny and witty with women and banter with them. And it's such a massive skill. So if you guys need that skill or are lacking in that department, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. I give killer banter lessons. I'm like the banter queen. You should just have that website, the banter queen. I know, but I thought it was cheesy. Mm, I know, that's true. If you're trying to be like selling yourself as funny, you can't be cheesy. Banter, right. You can't be cheesy. Exactly. What about the banter loser? I don't know. I'm trying to think of an association, like what you teach people to do with Well, I keep calling myself Miss No Wit All, like No Wit All. And that actually came from a guy that I worked with. But that's not the name of the website. I just have that as a little nickname, like as a sign off. But it's cheesy. Everything I'm thinking of. I think it's great. I think that's actually really cute. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. And I am Marnie and you can go to my website, Wing Girl Method to find out more information about me and learn the skills on how to attract women, whether you are single or in a relationship. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please don't go and download each individual episode. Please subscribe. It just happens automatically. It's so much easier and it saves you time that you can be spending interacting with women. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.